Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show. This is the QB of V, Kat Smith, and with me, we have Vagard Funberg, how are you, Bigard? I am good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm a box of birds, a box of fluffies, as they say. Uh, this is episode number 24, and uh, we're getting pretty close to Christmas, don't you think? Yeah, we are. Well, the listeners are. Yeah. We aren't. Listeners are. Yeah. Well, it's not that far away. It's just around the corner. And what do yeah. we think of Christmas? We, 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 we think it's stressful. Yeah, because <laughs> we have kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> yeah. Too many kids. Well, you have too many kids. <laughs> I've only got the one, which is still stressful. But um, we were talking about this a week ago, and uh, you and I, weren't we? And uh, we were saying about that we should probably mention Christmas. And I said, there's actually no point. Yeah. Um, and now, and now and, we mention it, so let's move on. And now we've mentioned it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to just, um, I'm going to put a spanner in your works and say, actually, we're not going to talk about Christmas until after Christmas. Because yeah. that's the best place to talk about Christmas is after Christmas. Yeah. When it comes to marketing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wholeheartedly so, agree. Christmas is coming, but we don't really care. No. And we'll, we'll reveal all after Christmas. We're very secretive today, aren't we? Yeah. I'm feeling a bit that way, actually. I'm feeling a bit fuck it all, actually. <laughs> I've had a very long weekend. Not a long weekend as in having extra days off, but having... A very awake weekend, whole weekend. I travelled to a new place in New Zealand I've never been to with a group of uh, 15, uh, 8 to 12 year olds for a swimming competition and we stayed in a campground overnight. So we went up early, 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 6 o'clock on a Saturday morning, drove two hours. Then there was a swimming, the races, which my daughter, the mini QBV, was competing in. And then we stayed overnight in this, uh, what would we call them? Huts. Yep. Probably a very nice name for them. With little yeah. bunks in them and a camping ground. Uh, and the QBV doesn't really do camping, but she was kind of. What does that to. mean? I just don't do camping. I like, I like my creature comforts and anything below a five star is seen as being a bit uh, beneath me. Wow. But I sucked it up. I sucked it up and I did it. And do you know what I did? So this is the first time I've been away with these people. I've never met these people really. Um, and Mini QBV has only been in the swimming squad for about uh, three or four weeks. And she said she wanted to go with them, which was really cool. She was, uh, she thought she'd give it a go. And um, I was put in charge of arranging who was going to sleep where in the particular cabins. Oh no! So you chose the five star room. Yeah, I scoped it all out before while everyone was at the swimming pool. So I went to a sneaky tour of the facilities and spoke to the camp manager. And she said, well, we've got all these ones. And I was like, oh, God, this is so grim. I am never going to be able to stay here. And then she looked at, and we looked at the last one. She said, oh, we've got a special family one, which is, is good for a couple of adults and a couple of children. And it had queen-size bed and it had a white linen on it and it had its own shower and we didn't have to use a communal shower so I was like this is the one I'll be staying in I'll be mm -hmm. handing out the keys to everybody <laughs> and, uh, even my father said you know you'd uh, you'd survive a nuclear war 
you in the mini curb heavy. I said, damn right. <laughs> I went the walking over feet people first to get my place. So even though we had the nice room and the nice shower, I was awake quite a bit during the night with little little girls who were missing their mummies and went yeah. to bed. And, and I went to you. So, yeah, so I had little wow. sleep. They just wanted to get into the nice room. They all wanted to come and use the toilet. <laughs> oh, right. Because they didn't have so toilets in the other era. rooms or the other huts. Well, they didn't know. They were just bunk rooms and, and they had a, sh a communal bathroom, wow. a communal kitchen, what have you. Big concrete Sounds really cosy. So how did it swimming go then? Yeah. Yes, she did really well. Um, really well. So she's got another swimming competition on Wednesday and another one after that and another one after that. And she just uh, was turning into a little prune with all that water. So yeah, a good. little dolphin. Good. Little dolphin, all right. Oh, wow. What about you? What have you been up to? I've been uh, visiting the trolls. <laughs> I do true. know that. that <laughs> I'm sure you've watched it. I'm sure you've watched. Uh, is it the snow? Not the Snow Queen. The Ice Princess. Who is it? I've no the, idea what you're talking about. The Disney movie where the song "Let It Go, Let It Go." Oh my god! <laughs> I've been forced yes. to watch that umpteen times. Yeah. Yeah, because you've got girls, right? I've got four And uh, there's trolls in there. They look like that. Little rock trolls. <laughs> well, yeah, there were rock trolls. Uh, lots of rock trolls. Because, you know, trolls turn into rock during daytime. I, the, you out, Scandies so. are so big on your trolls. Why? When I went to Iceland, I drove, I, uh, we went on holiday to Iceland for a weekend with a group of people. And I had to drive. It was in the middle of the night with flow into Reykjavik and then uh, I was driving along the straight road and all of a sudden there's a boulder and the road goes around the boulder. <laughs> and yes. a friend who, whose Rather mother was Icelandic boulder, said, yeah. I can't move the boulder. There's no. little people that live in the boulder. We yes. have to go around it. We can't move it. I thought like, you are joking me. Nope. The Icelandic are beyond strange. But... Yeah, but you're all related, aren't you? You're all kind of yeah, In the same way you're related to Australia, north. you mean? Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, probably quite likely. Given... <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we were actually visiting. There's this um, narrow path around the water, uh, about one kilometer path, where you where you walk on that path, you will see an increasing amount of trolls. So <laughs> someone, some local artists have made trolls out of trees and natural, uh... yeah, boulders and stones and stuff like that. So eventually, halfway halfway around the water, you will end up at the troll's house, where the trolls live. Right. So there right. are doors and there are windows on the stone wall, and you can bang the door. But you know, of course, the trolls won't come out because it's daytime. So and there are trolls. <laughs> there are trolls hiding everywhere. Uh, so it's really really scary, but really interesting to, for the kids, you know. Yeah, and are you going to use that now that this whole scary troll business to make them be good? No, so I'm not like that. No. no, no, I use myself. I, I, I use myself. Do as I say, or else. <laughs> yes. You're a bit like a troll yourself, aren't you? Looking <laughs> scary, turn into yeah. a rock. <laughs> yeah, well, not quite, but only come out. Yeah, by the way, visited trolls. It was really good, uh, and we go there from time to time because the kids love it. And you know, it's really they're still in that age where. Okay. So what I'm just watching on my screen is you turning around, <laughs> watching your cat on the desk, pushing everything down. 
he's uh, exploring the laws of gravity. He's trying to uh, ascertain if they are correct. You are way too kind with those cards. <laughs> I was telling everybody at the swimming camp about why we were actually here in New Zealand and because of the cats and yeah, they did think I was a bit crazy. Probably oh, not the best do. way to introduce myself. Yeah, we all do. Cut. Yeah. we are um, yes. going on one tangent after the other here. Yeah, because um, I can't be bothered doing any work. But um, mm. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Uh, I'm going to talk about the sunk cost fallacy. It's something that's quite, it's a quite oh, exciting that, word, Oh, that sounds boring. Cost. Could you spice it up, please? Yeah, this is about, so here, here's, here's, an, here's a story. When I started and I bought my salon, salon, uh, everyone said you'll need a website because you'll need for people to know where to go, uh, you know, to advertise yourself and you know have your beautiful pictures on it and all the rest of it. And I thought, yep, yeah, cool. You have to have a website if you're not if you're in business, you must have a website. That's the only way forward. And uh, someone offered to, to build one for me. So it was a, um, a guy who was a friend of my business partner. And he was actually just a photographer, but he dabbled with building, you know, doing techie stuff. So I said, yeah, go ahead, do it. Um, and I paid him uh, some money. Uh, it was kind of mate's rates because that's what he agreed to. And he set this up for me. And um, he... Built this website and then I wondered why nobody was using it or why I couldn't get any an analytics of it. So why couldn't I see who was clicking on the pages or who was coming through on the link to, to the contact number into the salon. Um, it took me ages to work it out um, and it turned out that he'd built it very cheaply and on a wrong design. I'm not going to bore you with the details. But I kept that website for over two years because I had paid money for it. And I thought if I've paid money for it, I might as well just keep it. And that's an example of the sunk cost fallacy. That you putting money into something and letting it continue to put almost bad money into it again and again. Because you've already spent the money and you think... Um, the cost is too high to change. When in fact, I should have just gone and got it done somewhere else and changed it immediately because that two years it took for me to realize what was going on, I was losing money because I wasn't collecting information from So the tell clients. me, you bought something that was supposed to mm. get your results. You didn't mm -hmm. get the results. You continued mm -hmm. using it and you didn't change mm -hmm. it until two years later. So what was the rationale behind that? That I'd spent money on it, so it should work. So that's what you thought. I spent money on it, so yeah. it should and work. Then, and, why, and why should I spend more money on something else? But that was pretty dumb, wasn't it? Really. It took me a while. Well, I've done the same many times. I guess even today I do that from time to time. Um, but there's a fine line between investing in something and uh, waiting for it to... Or waiting to to yeah waiting for it to produce results to you and investing yeah. in something and still pouring money time and effort into, into it, it when it can't give you results yeah. yeah so how do you balance that because with a website you could always say that you know i've invested in it i just have to wait for the results because i have to you know 
traffic needs to build up or I have to send traffic to it or I have to yada yada yada. So when did you wake up? What what how did you get out? Well, of, I kept getting get told what my website sh- should be um, and what the purpose of my website should be and how to use it and what the pages should look like, etc., etc. And I just thought, well, that's not what my website does, but I don't know how I can change it or I don't actually think that's, you know, it, the, the thing with people, with human beings, is that we don't like to admit we've made a mistake. And it can take some time to admit it because we're either losing face or we think that people will think we're really stupid and that we've made this bad decision. And, um, and we don't like to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. And and really, opinion doesn't matter. What everybody else thinks of you really doesn't matter because we've said in the past that, you know, it's none of your business what other people think of you. Um, so that shouldn't matter. But we have this emotional attachment to things. And um, when we are wrong, we become less of a person, so to speak, because we have done something that isn't correct and we haven't and we've been led down the garden path but you're either at that point decide that okay well I've made a mistake need to fix it and get on with the next thing or you'll sit there and go oh shit I've made a mistake I don't know what yeah. to do um, I, I just feel really bad about myself and I can't surely be wrong and just keep trying to, to yeah. go along with it and that's where the sunk cost fallacy comes in it also comes into things like so if you look think about when you you do that yourself and you hate to admit to be wrong is that when you follow the crowd so I know everybody's talking about being on Instagram at the moment and um, you know Instagram's a new Facebook which it's not it is just an offshoot of Facebook now because Facebook owns it Um, (laughs) if you've got your stuff on there or you Snapchat as a new Instagram or the next fad that comes along and everybody follows along and you think to yourself, well, what if they're right? You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. What if I'm not doing it? Why? What if 90% of the people are, are right about it? And... I need to put pretty pictures up every day and like everybody's things. What if I'm missing out? Which is a fair question to ask. It is a fair question. Yeah. What if I'm missing out? Yeah. But the way you look at it, the way that you should look at it is, okay, well, what results are they getting? Yeah. Probably the same results as everyone else. Yeah. And it's boring thinking like that. It's boring being analytical. I should know. I'm married to an engineer, mm-hmm. risk manager for all And things. doing a podcast with another engineer. And I'm doing a podcast with another engineer, <laughs> a Norwegian engineer of yeah. all things. Mm-hmm. So it is boring, but you do have to say, okay, well, if everybody's doing it, is it working? What results are they getting? Before you jump on the bandwagon, have a look. And if people say, oh, you know, Google was great. And if you missed out, you know, you didn't do the first few years with Google and all that advertising, you've missed the boat. And Facebook advertising is over and you've missed the boat. And Snapchat is now going to be over and you've missed the boat. You're not. They're fads. They are, you know, people who get rich quick. Some people do. It's a bit like um, multi-level marketing. The ones at the start and at the top will get the money and the ones that come in later won't. But. They don't get the money for very long. Do we have yeah. a recipe for people to um, do a sanity check in terms of the sunk cost fallacy? 
how to detect or discover if you're in the danger zone? Well, I've always, whenever a salon owner has said to me, look, I'm doing, say, for example, Instagram, and somebody's um, managing it for me, my Instagram account, and I'm paying an X amount of money per month to them to manage it, um, what should I expect? And I say, well, what's, what it really is quite personal is what is your investment and then what's your return on investment? And what's the direct correlation between what you're investing in that particular platform and what you're getting out of it? And one of the listeners, he has a good example of that, doesn't he? He posted yeah. something to the house. Yes, he did. And he was so, and I'm sure Terry won't mind me giving this example. So Terry was paying someone, a an Instagram expert, in inverted commas. What is that? Hold on, hold on. What is an Instagram expert? Well, apparently it's the same as, as an emoji translator. Which I've just been <laughs> <laughs> emoji translate. You need to there's, get all are, into these emojis, cut. Emoji translators, uh, a Twitter expert. So you know these people have gone to university and studied a degree in Twitterization or memeology. Or <laughs> I'm Doctor Twitter. The long I'm last. Here to help you. <laughs> long last <laughs> language of emoji. <laughs> They're all PhDs in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that an Instagram expert, I assume, is someone who's gone to uni and studied Instagramming. Uh, and um, anyway, he was paying her money, and the first requirement was to raise the number of people who uh, were following him or his salon on Instagram, which she did. But actually, when you're looking at numbers like that, uh, statistics and numbers only show a small amount of the picture because you could say yes I want to increase my Instagram followers to be a thousand because you have to be over a thousand to be anybody on Instagram but he was getting the likes were people who were suppliers or um, other marketers or um, people who are trying to sell him something not his ideal client so you need to look and say okay well am I getting my ideal client as a follower are these people going to buy from me in the long term? Am I going to build a relationship with these people and they want to come into the salon? So he he got he had this girl doing the Instagram stuff for him and then he yeah. at some point decided that this is pointless. And do you, what, what made him reach that conclusion? Well, my advice, if you want to say advice, was give it three months if that's what you can afford to invest. So t say what you can afford to give away. And then have a look at it, and if you're getting your return that you're expecting or that you're wanting and it's making you money and it's getting you people through the door, give it that time. Um, and then have that cut-off point and say, is it working? Yes, do more of it. If it's not working, kick it in the, into touch and say, that's it. Money spent. Yep. Your money hasn't been, it's not sunk, it's been done because you've test, you're testing it, you're measuring yes. it, you're testing it again, you're measuring it, and on you go. I do the same when I do stuff because what I said initially earlier on is that we can't always know the difference between uh, being in the sunk cost fallacy state and actually just waiting for the investment to pay back. So what I do mm. myself, and I'm actually in that, in I find myself in, in what I do is I define periods just like you did with, um, with Terry. I define periods of three to six to nine to 12 months or whatever 
for that particular project. So what I do, I do what I have to do, and then I try to launch it as cheaply as possible. And then I let it run for, say, three, six, nine, 12 months to see what happens. And if I haven't gotten any results by the end of that period, that I've, at the end of the predetermined period, then I will ask myself whether this is, you know, something I want to continue doing or not. And I think that's the, that's the, what you have to do because sometimes some things can build up really slowly depends on what you do but some channels channels or products or services can take time to build up but if you haven't seen any movement at all by any predetermined time period you have to stop and just ask yourself is this worth continue doing because if you're spending still spending time effort or energy whatever money uh, on that you could put all that into other things but then at the same time you have to give what you've done a fair chance sort of because you yeah. can't just run from one thing to the other so that's the thing you have to balance and you have to know okay well if i've sent it out to five people is that really a good statistical sample maybe if it's five people and the product that you're launching is ten thousand pounds each or a hundred thousand pounds and you get two of them by it was that a good return yeah maybe it was but if it's five people and the product's 25 pounds then it's not a st- good statistical sample you know if no one no. buys you need big numbers um and a a good good selection and a good list to be sending it out to so you've got to take into consideration the people you're sending it out to how many you've got on that list how much you're prepared to spend how much you're prepared to so you've got to know things like your average client value your lifetime client spend how much you're prepared to pay to get someone into your door and if you go above that is that okay are you still going to get that return and you go below that obviously that's going to be okay or do you get the good quality customers going cheaply but you have to know those numbers and you have to know what you're prepared to give away and like you say have a time frame on it as well so yeah and you have the you always have to consider the emotional attachment you you talked about that a bit earlier but just the attachment to something you've done because you know everyone's afraid of looking like a fool or um you know um everyone else having an opinion about what you've done and everyone wants you to fail because they love seeing someone fail especially so. in business especially if you have a business they are oh, they're such shits they no one wants you to be successful uh, yeah yeah i mean this is why many business owners choose to gather in groups because then you can be in groups with other business owners who first of all they don't have the emotional attachment to what you do so they can give you objective objective advice Second of all, they've been through, not not necessarily exactly the same as you, but they've been through almost the same in their own businesses. They can be in other trades or niches or whatever, but they've gone through the same thing, so they know what's going on. They know the emotional side and everything. And by the way, you have an offer for them for that, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. I have, um, yeah, the House of QBV, which is a membership group which uh, like-minded salon owners are a part of, and we do that. But actually, I am just launching, and it will be coming up just before Christmas, um, a very special group. It's, a, it's above the House of QBV, and it's actually a little bit more hands-on with myself. Because I find sometimes, if, you know, you're, you're out in the cold and you're a bit lonely, um, and you kind of know what you should be doing, but you get bogged down in the day-to-day stuff. So that's something that's coming up. But the House of QBV, definitely, it's a place where um, 
you know, for example, I was talking about Terry again because he, you know, it was just recently that he he emailed me and he had a little problem with his, one of his staff members. Uh, not necessarily a problem, but just some an issue that he couldn't quite get his head around. Um, and I just sent back what the facts are um, and how human behaviour is. And I didn't provide him a particular solution to that particular problem, but I gave him the the support and the experience and what I, what is known about human behaviour, so that he could make his own decision. And you know, pretty much had agreed with what he'd wanted to do anyway. But it was just like he said, it's it's a cold and lonely place being a business owner sometimes. You just it is. you know there's other people out there. And I liken it to being um being a new mum when I was uh, had mini QBV was teeny tiny and you know she'd wake up in the middle of the night for breastfeeding and I'd be sitting in the chair in her room and it was middle of winter because she was born first of January in the northern hemisphere and you know two in the morning three in the morning everything's dark and quiet outside and you feel like you're the only person awake at that time of the night feeding a child um but you're not there's thousands of people out there doing the same thing and I mean I guess that's what a great thing about things like social media and that's what's brought people together is that they can share their experiences together but it's gone beyond that now um but same in business you're not the only person up in the middle of the night feeding a child everyone's in the same same boat like you say your experiences might be different and it happens to everyone. I mean, I've been in the business game for, for many years, but still I wake up from time to time and I question my whole reality. In the middle of the night, try to breastfeed yeah. your child. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. But I am yeah. up in the middle of the night with one or two of my kids on regular and irregular intervals. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, business is the same. You wake up and you think, how am I going to solve that problem or yeah. oh shit I have to pay the wages or the rent's due and I don't know how they're going to pay suppliers this month because cash flow is low and you do you you worry because you think that you're the only one that's going through this or it feels like that sometimes so you yeah, and I, I sometimes get the totally support. irrational irrational thoughts like oh <laughs> all my customers are going to disappear tomorrow uh <laughs> you know it happens can't believe that of you so yeah so if everybody else is doing it don't necessarily follow the crowd because you don't know why so always know what you're trying to achieve always know what you want always know what you, who your ideal client is and how much you're prepared to spend on them and how much they're going to bring into your salon um and then, then you can go away and use the tools that you need to use and do the easy stuff first or the stuff that's going to get you the money first and and they usually are the very simple things most people don't follow them because they think that being complicated is better um but raising your prices is one way to make more money and just do it tomorrow you don't need an excuse you know and don't even raise it by five percent or ten the safe ten percent go and raise it by fifty percent do it tomorrow morning as soon as you wake up say right all the prices have gone up fifty percent um and see what happens I guarantee you'll make those <laughs> couple of clients, but you'll make yeah. a hell of a lot more money, and you'll keep the ones that want to want to stay. You know, so, the simple things. The simple things can be scary, and the advanced and difficult things they can give you something to work with, and they can sort of be um, look less scary also. Because you know, raising your prices that can be quite scary, but creating a new website and spending months on it that can be exciting, and you know, the rest of it. Yeah, creative. Um, yeah, creative. Yeah. yeah, but 
but not we're not gonna really we're gonna do sometime to. later we're gonna do a whole episode on creative aren't we yeah have we done that no. we've done we've no we haven't started on that oh no, haven't we, haven't. we? okay damn mm. my memory. Oh, memory that's the lack of sleep Next time, we are talking about the downfall of organic marketing. Yeah, okay. That sounds really exciting. <laughs> she lied. <laughs> she lied. Cool. I can't wait for that. Um, Until then. And before then, what do we want people to do? We want them to go to iTunes and rate us and leave us a review. And on Stitcher, you can do that too, can't you? Because I don't use yeah, Stitcher, can. but I know we're on Stitcher, which is, looks yes. really cool. And I probably should use Stitcher because it doesn't fuck me up as much as iTunes does. Oh, well, it was down the other day, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever the hell you hear about us. Leave a review, rate us. And you can also go to thegrowyoursalandfastshow.com and leave us a message if you want to. Maybe we'll answer your question on the air. Ooh, famous. And if you want to join Kat's house, you can email Kat. Yeah, my uh, email is kat at growyoursellingfast.com. Do that. That'd be cool. I'd love to hear from you. And we just broke one of the fundamental principles of marketing now, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Did yeah. we sell on the air? We, we are, I don't know if them. you want We're going to tell them later. <laughs> All right. Okay, take care. Back in a week. Speak to you soon. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.